Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. On with the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was April 28, 1870. Stella Clinton and Fanny Winifred Park were arrested as they left a performance at the Strand Theatre in London. The pair, along with Hugh Alexander Mundell, were taken to the Bow Street Police Station. The next day, Fanny and Stella were charged with, quote, conspiring and inciting persons to commit an unnatural offense. Fanny and Stella, also known as Frederick William Park and Ernest Bolton, respectively, were cross-dressers. Dressing as a woman was not a crime at the time, but sodomy was against the law. And police had been surveilling Stella and Fanny for a year. Later hearings and the trial that Bolton and Park went through in 1871 were highly publicized and attracted a considerable amount of attention. Bolton and Park were both born in the late 1840s. Bolton was a bank clerk and Park was a law student. Since he was a child, Bolton showed a fondness for dressing in clothing typically considered feminine and using the name Stella. By the 1860s, Bolton and Park had become close. They began touring together, performing in theaters as Stella and Fanny. As performers, they were popular, but they also dressed in women's clothing outside of the theater and wore makeup when dressed as men. As they hung out at the Strand, Lyceum, and Surrey theaters, they picked up men. One of their beaux, Hugh Mundell, said he thought they were two gay women dressed as men. They had already been kicked out of establishments like the Alhambra Theater and Burlington Arcade on more than one occasion. For nearly a year, the police had spies observed Bolton and Park at 13 Wakefield Street, where they rented a room for changing and where their landlady, Martha Stacy, ran a so-called house of accommodation. When their apartments were searched, love letters from John Stafford Fisk were found. On April 28, 1870, Stella and Fanny were at the Strand Theater with a party of men. They were wearing women's clothing, and they were reportedly seen flirting with some of the men. Around 11 o'clock that night, Stella, Fanny, and Hugh Mundell were arrested. Initially, Stella and Fanny were arrested for public mischief, a charge that was often given to people who cross-dressed. While at the police station, a police surgeon performed an intrusive examination on the two of them to check for signs of sodomy. The next day, when they went to magistrate's court, they were still wearing women's clothing. Crowds gathered outside the court and newspapers covered the proceedings. Stella and Fanny were charged with conspiracy to commit sodomy and to, quote, disguise themselves as women and to frequent places of public resort so disguised and to thereby openly and scandalously outrage public decency and corrupt public morals. Outraging public decency was a misdemeanor, but buggery carried a charge of penal servitude for life. Bolton and Park stayed in jail for months before they were released. On May 9, 1871, the trial began at the Court of Queen's Bench with a special jury. Lord Chief Justice Sir Alexander Cockburn presided over the case. The court also indicted other people who were in the party, including Lewis Hurt and John Fisk, 
but many of the men who were indicted had absconded. Lord Arthur Clinton, Bolton's lover and a son of the Duke of Newcastle, died before he could go to court, purportedly of scarlet fever, though he was rumored to have committed suicide. In court, Stella and Fanny's dresses, jewelry, and makeup were presented. The prosecution had at least six doctors examine Fanny and Stella. More than 30 witnesses were called for the prosecution. A whole day in court was dedicated to reading the letters the defendants had written and received. Bolton's mother testified that her son's lifestyle was no secret. In the end, no conclusive evidence had been presented, and there was no proof of conspiracy to commit a felony. The jury found Fanny and Stella not guilty after deliberating for only 53 minutes. All the other defendants were acquitted, too. Cockburn said the following, The act of the police surgeon in examining the person of the prisoner as he did, without any legal authority, was wholly unjustifiable. He had no more right to do it than he would have to inflict such an indignity on any person in custody or any person he met in the street. The seizure of the letters of the other defendants also appears to have been without any legal warrant or authority. Bolton soon left England, began using the last name Bine, and found moderate success performing in New York. Park also went to New York, but he died around the age of 33. Bolton died decades later, in 1904. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hi, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast that brings you a nugget of history every day. The day was April 28, 1789. Acting Lieutenant Fletcher Christian led a mutiny against Captain William Bly on the HMS Bounty. The British government was sponsoring an expedition to the South Pacific to get breadfruit plants to take to the West Indies. Once planted in the West Indies, the breadfruit would serve as cheap food for enslaved people. In December of 1787, the HMS Bounty left England, headed for Tahiti to collect the breadfruit. The Bounty was commanded by Captain William Bly, and Fletcher Christian was the master's mate. The journey was long and difficult, but in October of 1788, after dealing with bad weather, a detour, and a little conflict between the crew and captain, the Bounty made it to Tahiti. The crew stayed on the island for the next five months so they could collect the breadfruit saplings. While on the island, hostilities between Bly and the crew intensified. In January of 1789, three of the crew members deserted. Bly threatened Tahitians would suffer if they did not help bring back the deserters and the arms and ammunition that went missing along with them. The crew members were tracked down and punished in February. On April 5th, the Bounty left Tahiti with the haul of breadfruit saplings. On the trip back, tension between Bly and Fletcher Christian escalated. 
The next morning, when the bounty was near an island in Tonga, Christian and a gang of crew members staged a mutiny. Bly described what happened early in the morning on April 28th. He said, quote, Just before sunrising, Mr. Christian, with a master at arms, gunner's mate, and Thomas Burkett, seaman, came into my cabin while I was asleep, and seizing me, tied my hands with a cord behind my back, and threatened me with instant death if I spoke or made the least noise. The mutineers forced Bly onto the deck. They ordered Bly and more than a dozen people who supported him into the ship's launch. Bly and his loyalists were then set adrift. But he and the rest of the crew set adrift managed to travel west across the Pacific and make it to the island of Timor in June. Back on the bounty, some of the mutineers decided to stay in Tahiti, while Christian, other mutineers, and some Tahitians made their way to Pitcairn Island in January of 1790. They burned the bounty. But in March, Bly made it back to England. He was tried for the loss of the bounty, but acquitted. News of the mutiny spread through the country, and people began viewing Bly as a hero. The ship Pandora was commissioned to go to the South Pacific and bring back the mutineers. Some of them were captured in Tahiti and brought back to England to stand trial. Some of those mutineers were acquitted, some were pardoned, and three others were hanged. But the Pandora failed to find Christian and the other mutineers on Pitcairn Island. Bly ended up going back to Tahiti to retrieve breadfruit to transport to the West Indies. He was later promoted to Vice Admiral. Christian was reportedly murdered on Pitcairn in the 1790s. Many books and films on the mutiny have been produced in the years since it took place. Mr. Christian, I appeal to you, sir. But aside this madness, and Lord be forgotten, I can be my word. It's too late, it's too late. Think of my family and my friendship. Think of my wife. I am in hell! Hell, sir! Why are you being so reasonable now? I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to us on social media. We're at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.